Konnichiwa, and good morning, my brothers and sisters. This is our fifth inaugural, I mean our inaugural fifth. Am I even using that word right, guys? Just go with it. Good enough for me. Let's try a different one. <laughs> this is our fifth seminal episode of the Good Morning Guys podcast. As we continue discussing the game of life amidst the other games we love to watch and play, I am one of your hosts, the guy who knows more about rice than Doctor Who, Lucas Ham. Also with me are the master of bathroom remodeling and Toys R Us jingle singing, Patrick Nova Beyond. What's a seminal? Isn't that week- weekly? I don't know. I believe it's an old, old wooden ship used back in the Civil War. Just era. like the, just like the Tartarus. Isn't that, isn't that? Wow. I'm actually pretty sure it's a tribe of Indians. No, is it, is it the I was going to say, Seminoles? isn't that the, the, the mascot for Florida State? Yes. <laughs> I think what you're going for so is see, not the same Seminole, centennial though. episode. Hmm. One minute, 36 seconds. We are off track. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're being multicultural. So you want to say hi, Patrick Nova? Hi. We also have the man who's watched more paint dry than modern movies, Ronnie J. Hello. And last but certainly not least, the captain of the USS Tartarus and our resident Dr. Whovian expert, Marky Mark Butcher. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for I joining love, us on this fine it. morning, <laughs> fine morning, afternoon, evening, or night. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If this is not your first rodeo, as the Cowboys and Bull Wranglers say, then welcome back. This is one of the many pon- conversational podcasts out there, so we hope you won't just sit back and listen to the things we share, but that you'll also give feedback, ask questions, and fi- find ways to connect with us, like you have suggestions, like if you have suggestions for nicknames or topics or anything for future episodes. We are all ears, guys, and we will try to make you a part of the show as much as we can. If you don't know how to connect with us well, stick with us, and by the end of our time together today, we will share some options of connecting as we seek to connect with you. So... Like we do every week, let's start out by gathering around the old watering hole and talk about what's new in our lives and entertainment, sports, video games, and the world, discussing the highs, lows, and in-betweens. Ronnie, why don't you lead the way for us, buddy? Oh, all right, all right. No new updates in uh, my weekly life. A fairly boring week, normal. Fantastic. I will say, Bengals win again, 4-1. and one. I mean, Bengals, Super Bowl, Collision course. Who day? That's right. So the Bengals were down 17-3 to at the start of the fourth quarter. They won 27-17. to Nice. Who did they play? I missed it all. They played the Dolphins, who were 3-1. and one. A good win for and, the uh, Bengals. Good win for the Bengals. 27 unanswered points. So the Bengals 4-1. A little bit of sporting news. Drew Brees breaks Peyton Manning's all-time passing record. He is now the all-time passing leader in the NFL. I think that's awesome. Um, if you is ever that, read about Drew Brees, that, is he is a touchdowns? very good guy that gives uh, passing yards altogether. Oh, okay. If you ever read about Drew Brees, he's a really good dude that gives back to the community and everything. So definitely a good guy right there to break that. That's awesome. And also this week, uh, did any of you guys happen to catch the Conor McGregor, Habib, Nurma Gomadov fight. Good effort. Good effort, Ronnie. That was uh, a <laughs> yeah, rough name. That was, <laughs> that was God bless you. I could do. Ramalama Ding Dong. Just, just Habib from now on. 
Yep, going forward. Uh, but yeah, I saw be. it. I saw it. Uh, so did you catch it? I, I I did not catch it. I watched uh, highlights of it after I saw all the notifications coming through on my phone. So Conor McGregor lost. He was submitted by Habib, and after the fight, <laughs> this guy jumps over the octagon and just begins brawling with people in the, fa- in the like in the stands. I guess it was like Conor McGregor's. Uh, crew or whatever and he's just he jumps off this thing like just kicking the first guy it was uh (laughs) it was something else that's crazy so all the articles that i've read about it since then he was really upset about a lot of stuff if you ever see these ufc fights all the stuff that they say like leading up to these fights to like sell the fights they are brutal man like there is absolutely no rules like (laughs) like the society like norms do not apply in those i mean these guys like you know, Conor McGregor's calling this guy's dad a coward and all of this stuff. Like, just really cr- like crushing him up there. So this guy was mad about everything. So all the awesome. articles that I read basically said that it was, like, the worst night ever for the UFC. Which, <laughs> I mean, was it really? Like, the UFC, you know, it's a little bit of uh, sewage, you know, to be honest with you. Like, and I say that, you know, just in, I guess, the good, the best way possible. I mean, you're not watching that sport for its, like, wholesome values, right? I mean, you're expecting people just to fight random people in the stands, I would think. That's true. Uh, <laughs> so I, th- I thought it was funny, like, the, like the natural reaction of all these people writing about it because it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I'm watching a UFC pay-per-view, that's exactly what I want to see. After the fight, more fighting, just randomly in the crowd. I don't know. I, I just I would expect, I don't know. I've never watched that. I really haven't watched that many uh, UFC fights. But you would think, like, as with any, like, boxing match or, or wrestling match. Now, I know UFC is much more brutal than any of that stuff. But um, you would expect there to be at least some decorum to the point where it's like, okay, well, the fight's done here in the octagon. I guess I'll take it outside. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the guys in the ring, like, the guys that, I guess, works for UFC was trying to hold him back. But, I mean... <laughs> You know, there's not a chance that was happening. The guy went right over the rail in like a second. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was something. It was definitely well, the whole something. point of the UFC <laughs> is you settle it in the ring. I mean, this was for the UFC championship where two guys square off. Yes, they had their uh, pre-fight, you know, squabs where they're... Well, I mean, Connor was talking about like not, not just at Habib. I mean, he was talking about his father... He was talking about his, his religion. I mean, he's getting really, 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 really personal with it. Which Habib, I mean, he is. Very, I don't, I don't know what his religion is, but uh, he was. I mean, it's very personal to him. He, he takes a lot of pride in that, you know. And someone, when someone attacks you personally, I mean, you can the emotions get high and everything. But he won. He beat Connor. He beat him. Uh, aside from all of that, that Connor said to him. And when, uh, when he won, usually when winners beat these guys they are very respectful they stand up like hey they may still not like each other they may still hate each other but there's usually a lot of respect um that is in the ring and when habib had jumped the cage and went after connor's corner and his guys uh that was unlike anything other uh i've seen in the ufc because i've been watching ufc since ufc won um and Seeing that, that is not what UFC is all about because it is all done in the ring. And then uh, after he jumps the fence, there was one guy that that came that jumped the into the octagon that was in Habib's corner, 
and he had sucker punch Conor McGregor. And then there was a spectator that somehow got past guards and security guards and things like that. He jumped into the octagon and also punched Conor McGregor. I'm like, there's a lot of things going wrong in this situation. Uh, there's a lot of security yeah, it issues. Was ridiculous. Yeah, there's. I mean, this is this isn't what uh, needs to happen in the UFC because yes, it is a brutal sport, like you said. It is. Uh, it is guys who are usually. I mean, they're fighting. They're not fighting with gloves. I mean, for they're fighting with like. What is it? I don't know. Two inch gloves or something like that. They're not using boxing gloves. They're using stuff that is just covering your knuckles, not your fingers or anything. So they are light gloves, and you hit hard with those. Um, so it should have been done into in in the ring. It should have never been taken out of the ring. Um, I mean, he's when you're doing that, when you're outside the ring, outside the rules and the confines of the uh, uh, Nevada Athletic Commission. You're going into some criminal territories where you are actually attacking people. Uh, I cannot believe that he did that. And I haven't watched I haven't watched UFC a UFC fight in probably about a month. And I turned it on obviously because Conor McGregor was fighting. And Conor McGregor he brings uh, a lot of fans. He brings a lot of because of because of how uh, loud he is. And he uh, he gets a lot of the uh, the card gets up, the purse comes up. Um, so a lot of people were watching this and yeah, I mean, this isn't, this isn't a, a family wholesome time where you, you gather around with your kids and your family to watch this. No, this is for, this is supposed to be stuff, but this is supposed to be stuff that you do inside the ring. It shouldn't have been taken outside the ring. And this is for the title shot. So when you have a winner, you have a champion, uh, you have a title, uh, fight and you are the top of the world and you act like that. That is not the way a champion should act in my opinion. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say I'm kind of on the outside looking in. I don't really have a. I, I think I've watched like two or three UFC fights, um, but as an outsider, kind of just as a general sports enthusiast, and as someone who used to watch uh, a lot of WrestleMania as a kid, what separates this from WrestleMania if they're doing this kind of crazy stuff? I mean, they should be, they should be having more sportsmanlike attitudes because. That's that's a part of professional sports. If it's going to be professional, then you gotta, you know, I understand talking smack like in the weigh-in and and saying things that you know it's not like uh, they were addressing the crowd. They were having conversations, and it's part of the entertainment. I think, you know, who knows if they're being genuine in the things they're saying. But at the same time, once you once you lose that sportsmanship stuff, it's just UFC becomes WrestleMania. So, and we all know what that's like. That's like uh, soap operas for. That's soap operas for men. Well, yeah, WrestleMania and the WWE—that is fake. It's scripted. Uh, they have uh, scripts where, hey, you're going to be the good guy, and this guy is going to be the get- bad guy. Figure out what you need to do to, be- to become those, uh, and then you're off. And then after the fight, when they're in the, uh, the locker room, most of these guys are friends. You know, they train together, they they wrestle together. But these UFC guys, this is real. These are these are guys that genuinely. I hate each other for stuff that's happened years ago with our ne- ne- they were never involved and they're all hating each other because they're from a different country you know this is ireland versus you know what i don't, I don't know where he Habib, he's from um but it was it was uh two nations I believe it's russia was it okay so actually the flag i saw was canada so. yeah it just doesn't make any sense but like you said it's, it should be it should be professional yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I I think I understand that too, and I think probably for the people that watch UFC, like like probably like Patrick would, where 
you know, they're watching it every, you know, every time a pay-per-view comes up or big fights and stuff like that. Like, I can understand wanting to, um, basically wanting that to be more, I guess, pure in a way or just, you know, you know, the, basically within the rules. For somebody like me who never watches UFC as a spectacle, I think it was awesome just because it was outside of the norm. Um, and I think that, you know, like, you know, I'm obviously not the average fan, but it probably boosted ratings. I mean, how many people do you think got up, you know, after that fight the next morning or whatever, and they're, you know, on there watching videos and stuff like that? I guarantee you that sport is more popular today just because. Sure, and I agree. I agree that a lot of people have seen it, and a lot of people are taking notice of UFC because of this, but this doesn't bode well for Habib. I mean, he does not have a green card. He is not a U.S. citizen. He is able to fight as uh, with a work visa. Um, and him doing uh, this where he jumped out of the cage and attacked someone outside the ring and being prod- uh, brought against a Nevada Athletic Commission, um, maybe being brought against uh, uh, criminal charges for assault, um, he could lose his visa and he could have to go back to where he where his homeland is. I guess that's Russia. So he would have to go back to Russia. So he, he wouldn't be able to uh, fight here in the United States anymore. Um, and also because of what he did, they held his, his purse, which was about $2 million. Uh, maybe it was 3 million, but it was, it was a it was a lot. Um, but they held it because of, because of this, because of what he's, what he's done. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an exciting thing as a fan, as a casual fan to see something like this. Uh, but it's not good for Habib in any case. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that from both perspectives, but, uh, it was, uh, it was definitely a spectacle. That's for sure. Um, I think it was the biggest sports, you know. Uh, the biggest sports thing over the weekend and uh yeah i just i normally wouldn't even you know bother logging in watching videos or anything like that but you know that brought me not really a ufc fan just the you know the average person i heard about that i was like man i gotta see this this is probably gonna be this is probably gonna yeah. be something well, well i think uh just a, a a final kind of note to to add i think from what ronnie said it sounds like uh, this incident is kind of like when you're looking for a fight in hockey or a crash in NASCAR. Uh, it's not something that you want to happen, but when it happens, it's a part of the sport. And, you know, if people did stuff on purpose, which obviously he jumped over the octagon and attacked those uh, people outside of the ring. So people definitely need to be punished. But at the same time, I think it, it is a, a natural part of sports. When you get a bunch of guys together doing this kind of stuff, people are going to lose their cool. And they're going to get crazy sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And I did fact check, and uh, I was, I don't know where I got Canada. Definitely Russia is the country uh, <laughs> on that end. So, yes. For Khabib. Good old Khabib. Uh, well, that is all I have for sports, though, Patrick. What do you have for us today? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what I did this past week is I did a little homework. So I watched <laughs> Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3. Yeah, and you I got to say, it was a thousand times better than Wally, and <laughs> two thousand times better than Ratatouille. Uh, they were good. They were actually good. Um, I like Toy Story one, so having watching Toy Story two and three, right? I pretty much watched them back to back on Saturday. Um, watched Toy Story two with my son; he really liked it. And then, um, and then that night, uh, my wife went out with her friends. And I stayed home, and instead of playing games, which is what I normally do, I decided to watch Toy Story 3. So I watched Toy Story 3 on Saturday night, and that was pretty good. Um, I really liked it. So when I'm really looking forward to what they do for Toy Story 4, because it felt like it was it was pretty much an ending, you know? Like, 
what happened without any spoilers it felt like an ending it felt like the end of a trilogy and it really didn't need to know i really don't need to see these guys anymore i'm pretty excited that there's going to be another toy story uh now that i've watched two and three uh but i don't feel like i need it. i needed it it's it's interesting that they're going to be doing another story i don't know what what they're going to do have you heard anything of how what the storyline's going to be in, in four I haven't. I have to say that I agree with you. I felt like with the trilogy, they just came full circle, you know, and, you know, yeah. they, they, they just, they put a little nice bow on it and I thought it was perfect. You know, it was really good. Um, I am intrigued to know uh, what it is, but I really have no idea other than what I mentioned last week when Tim Allen said he was getting so emotional that it was hard for him to, you know, do some of his lines and, and get to the last part of the movie when they were recording, yeah. but other than that, I don't really have any idea what they're going to do. Um, I did. There's. I did see that they are going to be. Um, Woody is going to try to find Bo, uh, his, I guess, girlfriend or whatever oh, they yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Okay. Yeah, that's the only thing that I that I heard of what they're going to do. But okay, and, and, interesting. So he did that. Um, I saw. I saw Venom on Friday night. Um, uh, in spite of the reviews that were out there saying this was one of the most worst comic book movies out there, uh, reminiscent of the earlier Spider-Mans um, with Tobey Maguire. Um, and I got to say, I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, the movie was fun. It was funny. There was a lot of action. Uh, there was Venom was in it for, what, an hour uh, of it. I was not expecting him to be in the movie that much. Um, nice. It took about 45 minutes to, to, to get there. Uh, but once he was, I mean, he was... He stole at almost every scene, and the banter between uh, Tom Hardy, uh, Eddie Brock, and Venom was absolutely hilarious. Uh, Mark, you saw the movie, right? What did What did you think of it? I did. I did see the movie. I saw it on a Saturday, um, and I saw it with uh, my wife and uh, my father and brother in law. And yeah, I'd heard all the all the reviews about it. I think when it first they first launched it on Rotten Tomatoes, it was like. 28% or something like that. I think it went up to 31%, and I'm like, oh no, that's Batman versus Superman territory. Um, so, so I was like, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to try to see it anyway because I had seen some, some early, uh, some early reviews from just casual moviegoers and not so much the critics that were like, this is good. I enjoyed this. So I was like, okay, I'm going to see it for myself. And so Saturday afternoon, went to a matinee showing of it. There were plenty of people in the theater, and uh, I thought it was very good. I thought they did a very good job with it. Was it revolutionary in terms of you know the story they were trying to tell? No. No. Are there better movies than than Venom? Yes. Yes. But it was a good two-hour popcorn movie, and it was intense at times. It was funny. Honestly, I kind of hope there's like an R-rated version of that of that movie. Yeah, um, I think there might be because uh, they took out like forty uh, something minutes of it. Uh, Tom Hardy said that they took out some of his favorite scenes, so maybe there will be a director's cut or an unrated uh, one when it comes out on on Blu-ray. So who knows? Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, it wasn't it wasn't uh, uh, the best movie, but it was a good movie. I mean, I really enjoyed myself when I was watching that. I mean, it had a it had a cohesive story. Um, it did the yeah the first like maybe thirty to forty five minutes. The pacing was a little slow to start out, but as I was thinking about it as we were watching the movie, it, it kind of had to sort of uh, 
create a down downward spiral for for uh, for Eddie Brock without getting into too many spoilers there, but before the whole Venom thing happens. And yeah, I think they did a great job with the special effects for Venom um, and 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 other characters in the movie. And um, yeah, I think they did a great job with it, and it really doesn't deserve uh, the vitriol that that the uh, that the reviewers, that the critics gave to it. Uh, not every movie has to be an Avengers billion-dollar movie. Uh, it can just be a good, fun popcorn movie. Um, and and it's, I think it differentiates itself enough from, you know, your typical superhero movies. It definitely separates itself from uh, MCU, anything to do with Spider-Man, all that kind of stuff, so... Yeah, so I'll, I'll be interested to see what they what they do with it uh, because it broke the October uh, records for opening weekend uh, for a movie. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, so we'll see what happens and if there if there's going to be a sequel because they li- they they leave it up to a sequel. So I can't wait I can't wait to see what they do with that. Um, another thing that I watched, I watched Doctor Who for the first time. I watched the f- episode Ooh, one of season eleven. And I saw. Oh, I hope you. Didn't. I heard. I didn't see the TARDIS. I heard about the TARDIS. Uh, uh, you're pronouncing that wrong. Tar- that is the Tartarus. The Tartarus. Oh yes. Is the Greek, proper yeah. Greek mm-hmm. pronunciation. Yeah, which which doesn't make any sense. Why they call it the TARDIS? Because the acronym for it uh, is doesn't doesn't make any sense. But anyways, uh, I watched that. It was it was okay. Um, I didn't really know. It seemed like there was a lot of inside uh, jokes. A lot of things that I might have missed if I would have watched uh, other Doctor Who uh, episodes or other seasons, uh, but I got the gist of it, understood it. I really liked the lead, the lead uh, character, the lead actor. She was really cool. Um, I really liked it. So I'm gonna give it, uh, give it a few more episodes, see if I like it. How long is this season? Ten episodes? If it's ten episodes, I want to watch uh, the whole entire thing. I want to say it's ten or eleven. They they shortened this season as compared to okay. the other ones that are like thirteen or fourteen. But uh, yeah, there was no TARDIS in this episode, um, which was interesting. But uh, it's definitely going to play into the next episode. But they they kind of assume that a lot of the people watching they've seen the show before. They know what the TARDIS is. Um, so and it really plays into the plot and and what they're dealing with. Um, so yeah, they kind of leave you hanging and, and I'll get into more of that when I'm talking about my week. Um, okay. but I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad you gave it a try though. I'm yeah. glad you enjoyed it. Um, I did. yeah, it is. It's kind of a, it's kind of a weird spot to jump in, but at the same time, it's kind of not because they're kind of restarting, uh, with, you know, new, new act, new doctor, new showrunner, new writers, new new pretty much new everything uh so that's the beautiful thing about the show is that it it, anytime there's a new changing of the guard in terms of the actor or actress playing the doctor and showrunners it's kind of like the show reboots itself even though it's got the same the same lore yeah so yeah i get it so that's why i that's why i jumped in knowing that uh, there's uh, different characters um in every single season almost i guess almost every single season um and so yeah, I think it was a good good uh, good start for me, and I'll and I'll watch the rest of that. Um, on the gaming front, I played uh, Forza Horizon Four. That's a uh, free for Game Pass, and I played for about three hours, and uh, I got enough money to buy a car. So I went to the 
uh, car show or the car garage or whatever it was called. And I found that there was my favorite car of all time is in this game. It's the two-door 1969 Chevy Nova. And I saw that. I'm like, oh, I am going to get this. And I, I tuned, that, tuned that sucker up. And I drove that for probably about 15 more hours. Just that car, that car alone. Um, so that was really, really fun to actually drive my favorite car for the first time in any game, that, any racing game that I played. I'm not a big racing game uh, guy. So uh, the, that car might have been in previous games. Uh, but um, playing that was really, 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 really cool. Um, on, uh, on Monday... Uh, I played, uh, or sorry, uh, last night on Tuesday, I played uh, the new Overwatch Halloween event. I played with like Lem, Eric, Drew, and some other people. Um, there was a lot of people on on Tuesday because the Halloween event just started. So um, there were a lot of people on. I think there was like, at, at one time, there were 10 of us. Usually there's about four, five people. So there was double it this time. So that was pretty cool to play. Um, and then um, I also went to a concert. I went to a trivia concert. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold whoa, up, whoa, hey, brother, whoa. you need to slow down. I'm barely keeping up with you. Speaking mm. of Halloween, I got a random question for you from our very own Sheldor4000 at Sheldor40001. He had this to say, the Halloween, the Halloween skins in Overwatch have come out. Which, spelled like W-I-T-C-H, love the pun, Sheldor, ah. which are your favorite and least favorite skins for the Halloween uh, event. Oh, am I the only one that plays Overwatch on this? I don't Mark, think you so. play, right? I have I play Overwatch, but I have not played it since they they launched the whole Halloween event, which oh, okay. I'm ashamed of. But I need to get into that. Um, so yeah, I guess you you stand alone on this one for the moment. Okay, so uh, all right, well then, this is pretty easy for me. So there is this guy, this character in this game. His name's Wrecking Ball. And he is in this big spherical ball, and it is manned by a hamster. There's two different modes you can be. You can be in a ball mode where you can roll around the entire map, or you can be in fighting mode where the once you're in fighting mode, like four legs pop out, Hammond pops out of the top, and, and then two guns on each side, or one gun on each side uh, for, your, for shooting. And it's pretty cool in and of itself, but the skin for him is instead of a being a wrecking ball he's a huge pumpkin instead so nice. that is if you have a chance to check it out that's a really cool skin uh to be running around in that big huge pumpkin so that was my I favorite to, one i have to say that uh when i last saw uh his reveal i think that was pretty recently in the past month or so um it really took me back to when i had a hamster and if my hamster had been that cool i might have kept him around a little longer so uh, it's it's definitely been tempting to play some Overwatch, but not that tempting. My life has been too <laughs> crazy and all over the place. And to nail me down and get me to commit to such multiplayer fun, I, I have yet to jump jump into the the deep end. But uh, I think that's pretty cool. And I like those skins. Are there any skins that have like any 80s or 90s pop culture references? Yes, so there's a skin. There's a skin for Soldier seventy six. So he's more of like your Call of Duty kind of guy. Um, and his skin, uh, he's got like a, a mask that he wears um, normally, and like kind of like a visor uh, and something over his mouth, kind of like what uh, Cyclops has, like a big visor over his eyes. Um, yeah. So instead of instead of that mask and the visor, he's wearing a Jason mask. 
Nice. So that one's really cool. Well, yeah. then, uh, so, to answer Sheldor's question, even though I don't play, that's my favorite skin and definitely the one I would get if I were so- Soldier 76. How about you, Ronnie? Yeah, I'd probably go with that one, too. You took the words right <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> and I'm out. Great minds. Think alike, my friend. Great Thank minds. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'll let you continue with your update, Patrick. Thanks for humoring me oh and yeah Sheldor, no problem thanks for giving us yeah, that thanks question, Sheldor. Sheldor. thank you hey real quick patrick does diva have a skin i'm a diva main for for overwatch did you she know get a what skin for this i'm sure she's got a skin i don't know if there's a new one this year or if there's one from last year i'm not sure but you know i only jumped into overwatch started in may of this year so um, this is my first halloween event so i haven't checked out what the old halloween skins are and this halloween skin so um i do real i really don't know other than the, the few that I even discussed previously. Actually, uh, gotcha. rumor has it, it's uh, Mrs. Frankenstein skin. I'm just Interesting. I'm just kidding. I have I no idea. I just made that up. I don't up. know. Okay. Don't you be lying. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it, man. Uh, but lastly, what I did is I went to a concert. I went to a heavy metal concert uh, by Trivium. Uh, there were three bands up there. They're all heavy metal thrashers kind of guy where uh, mosh pits occur and headbanging occurs nice. uh, that is my favorite type of music uh true is my favorite band of all time um and uh i've gone to maybe four or five of their concerts they've only been in cincinnati twice um i've gone to uh actually sorry three times um and i've gone to indianapolis and columbus to go see them as well uh, but they're a really good band uh if you're into heavy metal if you're not into heavy metal they have a few songs I'm going to steal Mark's Thunder right now, and I'm going to recommend three songs by Trivium. Look out. Oh, snap. We probably, oh, snap. We probably won't add it to the Good Morning uh, Guys uh, Spotify because that would be a huge, uh, weird time to listen to the songs that he's recommended to these. A, dra- a tr- drastic difference. Well, but uh, if, there are if, three. If we can't add it to the Spotify, I think you need to sing some of it for us because... Uh... I don't. I've never heard Trivium, so I need a little reference to know if I'm gonna mm, great idea. give it a try out. You know. Uh, no, I'm not gonna sing uh, this time. <laughs> I sang. I, I like, sang last last episode. Not this time. You're not gonna get me twice. You can do that all night. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> all right. I will. Uh, three songs. You can look them up. They got. Is that Superman Bot Box? <laughs> So can I go now? Or um, all right, that's it for me. Mark, what do you got? Oh, uh, okay. So Friday, uh, I tried to jump in for a little bit, even though I was totally working uh, on Friday. I tried to jump in on Ed Placencia's No Work Friday stream. Uh, doing the Jackbox stuff. He was streaming the 2015 version of uh, You Don't Know Jack. And I was trying to play, but for some reason, he was having a major issue with several people trying to play the game. Like, it wouldn't let people select answers and stuff. And so, like, I couldn't play at all. I was just kind of bummed out. And so, by the time I just kept trying to play and it wouldn't let me answer, and then I had to go back to work. So that was kind of a bummer, but but it's okay. Hopefully, I'm excited for the um, Jackbox Party Pack 5 to come out. I don't think that comes out this week. I think that's next week. Um, but um, So I enjoyed 
I tried to enjoy as much as possible that stream, but that's kind of a bummer. Um, but uh, and then Friday night was our typical uh, out to dinner at uh, the Mexican restaurant with the in-laws, which was awesome. And then Saturday, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I went to go see Venom with my family, which was fun. And then we went to dinner again, uh, which was which was very nice. Uh, that's basically our way of spending quality time with with each other is uh, is basically uh, is just going out to dinner and stuff. Uh, so, but I enjoy it. But in any case, uh, and then Sunday. Uh, yes, of course, Doctor Who came back on, and uh, I'm so glad that it's back on. Um, it's something uh, that my wife and I really bonded over when we when we started dating. Uh, we kind of made it our thing during the fall. Uh, we would get together and watch Doctor Who, and, and so that's kind of our thing. Uh, nice. and so it's nice to, to see it back again. Um, new Doctor, new showrunner. Um, I think um, Jody Whittaker is doing a fantastic job so far as the Doctor, very much, very much uh, fitting the role. Um, hey, Mark, kind of missed the. Uh, yeah, real quick. Uh, what's a showrunner? All I can think of is okay. pantyhose, and when you get a run in your pantyhose, not that I've, wow. not that I've ever had that, but just is that the know, same thing as Homestar Runner? Oh, Homestar Runner, that's a much better reference. Okay, never. Uh, no, that is not. That is not what I'm talking. about. I know. About. Can you believe it? Uh, <laughs> never mind. You don't need to. Yeah, like those? I know what a show star runner. Show home star runner. Wait, what did I? Home, home star runner. What did I ask? <laughs> you asked what a show runner was. Oh right, it's like home star runner, Man, just I'm with the show. Okay, so you know how you got a director like James Gunn does Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you know, Christopher Nolan did the Dark Knight movies. Well. Um, He's kind of like the main director of the show, um, the showrunner. He is the guy that's ultimately in charge of making sure that the, that the show is running on course that it, that it should be going on. They have different, um, they have different small-time directors that come on and direct each individual episode, but uh, the showrunner basically oversees all of that and makes sure that they're going on the right path, going on the arc for the season. And so the last. Uh, showrunner. His name was Stephen Moffat. Uh, he left uh, at the end of the season. And then uh, a guy by the name of Chris Chibnall uh, basically got on the show. Um, he directed a show. It's a popular British television drama called Broadchurch. And uh, that did quite well in Britain. And, uh, and so uh, I'm excited to see what he does with the show. And uh, I'm just glad it's back. I, I, I kind of missed the uh, the TARDIS in the episode and the fact that there was no intro credits. It was kind of weird. Um, and it was like 45 minutes of, uh, of commercials, which thanks, BBC America. So, but, wait, what, uh, there were, there were 45 what... minutes of commercials? Did, yeah. You, wait, oh you, guys watch, you guys watch shows live? Whoa. You don't DVR and like fast forward through that stuff? I, I watched it on the on the app uh, the day after, and there was I don't know maybe three minutes of commercials. Yeah, they cut that they cut that down quite a bit for uh, the on demand, and uh, they actually did like a special event 
for the you know the first episode like on the day of so they had all these like little uh blurbs from like you know new york comic-con happened that weekend and they had different clips from their panel for doctor who that they had at at new york comic-con and and all this kind of stuff so basically it turned like an hour hour and a half episode into a two-hour event or or something like that but it was like 45 minutes of commercial something like that so it was and, almost a movie Except no, it was way. a movie with commercials. Yeah, and it was just bad. Hmm. Um, we have, we actually have, um, we have Sling TV uh, on the Xbox, um, and we actually got the uh, the DVR functionality. Uh, just wasn't able to do that for Sunday, um, but going forward, I will have DVR, and we will be skipping commercials. Although it won't be near as bad this was kind of a big event because it was the first episode of the season brand new doctor all that kind of stuff so they made a huge deal out of it um but i overall i enjoyed the episode um the the villain was very doctor who um it was it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of weird um basically he was an alien who was hunting a, a human on the planet and uh he was the he was like a warrior race, and when he kills people, um, he takes one of their teeth and attaches it to his face. Yeah, I, I don't like understand a, that at all. Like, why? Wow. Why? No. You guys are you guys are really selling this. I'm uh, so intrigued about teeth on the face. No, I mean, well, it was it's basically his way of of getting his trophy whenever he kills somebody. Um, but that's Doctor Who. That's it's sci-fi, so you know if you don't like it, I'm sorry. That's just Doctor Who. You are forgiven. <laughs> no, but uh, Jodie Whittaker as 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 the uh, Doctor Who or the the main character, she was she was good. Like every time she was on the screen, I mean she she was really really good. I didn't really care for the the villain, but uh, whenever she was on there, she stole stole it. I don't know if the Doctor Who's in the past like steal the scenes, but or if they're in all all the scenes, but she was really really good. I really liked her. Oh, very much so. Yeah, um, there a lot of the the actors that they've picked to be the Doctor are pretty much scene stealers. But um, the villains get better than that. They're, that was just a one off kind of thing. But um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where where the season goes. Um, so that was pretty much pretty much my week at a glance. But in uh, in terms of gaming news. So I'm sure you guys saw this. Uh, this is a pretty big deal. Um, the whole announcement um, the other day that that Microsoft is officially going into the game streaming service, um, where they're basically going to be able to stream Xbox games to basically anywhere you want. Revolutionary. Uh, that be absolutely. Uh, whether that be on. PCs, consoles, mobile devices, wherever you want what? to play. I've never heard I'm of that idea. That is crazy. Very <laughs> interested uh, to see if they actually do anything with the lag, because the lag is the only reason why the streaming stuff doesn't work. If they I can mean, fix that, yeah. Let's be honest. Can you really do anything about the lag? It's just I don't know. They can't. They don't have signals that can go at light speed. So they need a tartarus that's what they, they need. need a tartarus that's the secret so we need to do a crossover between doctor who and xbox streaming hey bring in playstation they they've been doing streaming now for how long how many years and uh 
but if anybody can do it, you know, Microsoft has really great networks. They have really great technology. They, they know what they're doing over there. So they might be able to figure it out, but I can't see how you can ever get rid of lag a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, they've got, Oh, go ahead. Is, is this going to be like, uh, able to be used by uh, a large majority of the people because the internet here in the United States is not the same as the internet in other nations uh, because we have very fast internet and some people, I mean, that's, and that's in certain places. Not every place has, has internet capabilities, let alone fast internet capabilities. So is this going to be a thing where they're going to make money off of, or are they trying to future proof themselves and start this from, from now? Um, I don't know. Uh, well, well, Microsoft is actually building uh, custom hardware for all of its data centers. Um, there's actually a video that kind of demonstrates how they um, are kind of kind of homebrewing their own uh, type of data center technology for specifically for this purpose. Uh, they actually have one in place already. Um, I'm not remembering where it is, but they said one of their one of their data centers is already equipped. Uh, for this this streaming service, um, basically, uh, Microsoft is saying that their research teams are are quote creating ways to combat latency, aka lag, via um, advanced network techniques um, that are combined with video encoding and decoding. Uh, stories from is from The Verge, by the way, um, and. So it makes streaming games more viable on like a 4G network or they're even testing, I believe they talked about in the video, they're testing um, 5G, which 5G is a thing. Uh, it's, not, it's not worldwide yet, but um, there are certain networks that are, that are testing out um, 5G uh, data. So public trials of, of, of this streaming service will actually start next year. I believe they're only starting it in the United States for now. Um, just to just to test it out, um, and uh, I'm excited to see where it goes if they can get it to work. Um, you know, Microsoft has their their own Azure servers that can handle this kind of stuff, and like I said, with the with the customization of that for streaming, they may be able to figure it out. And um, you know, I think honestly, I think streaming is where it's going. Yeah, I know, I know, a lot of the world doesn't have the fastest internet. Um, so are we there at this exact moment? No, probably not. But, um, I think we're on our way there and I think this is, this is a good step in the right direction because, you know, every person in America and people around the world have, have a smartphone and, and so you can basically just hook up an Xbox controller to it and, and go anywhere and play games. So this is basically, um, the one-upping the Nintendo Switch in a way. Exactly. Um, Who would want a N Nintendo Switch if this is happening? Exactly. So they just have to curb the uh, the latency issue and, of course, the internet um, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think if anybody can do it, I think I think Microsoft can. Um, and yes, it's been it's been uh, it's been tried before, um, but I think, like I said, Microsoft has a lot of. Uh, tools in its toolbox that uh that will help it in this case well i so, think that I uh i think that with streaming it's not only been tried i mean it's i know on my end i've i've used a degree of streaming 
with PlayStation 4. I've used my Vita. I've used my computer. Um, when I was teaching in a high school, I actually played Jackbox with my students, and I would use my computer to stream on uh, the projector, and we would play Jackbox, and it worked fine. I think that really, in some ways, Xbox, It's about, to me, it's like it's about time that Xbox started you know, putting streaming out there. I mean, I know Nintendo doesn't have a real strong streaming service. I guess they really haven't done anything except they did with Wii U do that uh, streaming to the handheld part of their system, which which for me as a dad, I think streaming is really important. If you can play through your phone when your kids are using the TV, when you have uh, different ways to play and kind of work around so everybody can have turns in the TV and all that stuff, I think it's vital. Uh, streaming is really important to, to have that available. So I think it's great that finally Xbox is getting with the program in terms of streaming, and uh, I think their I think their uh, users deserve it to have an option to where they can play handheld. Now I will say that I don't particularly like playing handheld on a on a whatever these things are called cell phones. <laughs> I don't know why I blanked on what they're <laughs> called, but you know I need something with buttons. I need like you know so like I don't think it's going to really hit the switch people. Um, I mean, I use mine on my Vita, but as we all know, Vita is officially dead, even though I use mine. Um, and so I don't know that it's going to like take off, take, you know, like go on fire using on a cell phone, but it's still good to have that option when you want to use it. Well, you're actually able to, you're going to be able to um, uh, sync your, uh, an Xbox controller to your phone. So you can still use the controller. You don't have to use the touch the touch screen controls. That's for true. That. I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. And, um, Oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. Uh, so, uh, Microsoft is not essentially like giving up on consoles as like their flash flagship experience. Um, so we'll still have console systems for quite a while, but this is something where they're just kind of testing the waters to see, to see what the reaction is. Um, and obviously, you're going to have a little bit different experience on a on a smartphone or a tablet versus on a, a heavy hitting uh, console. But the fact that you can take it pretty much anywhere is is the big deal. So yeah, I'm glad they're I'm glad they're stepping into the ring for it. For sure, Lucas. Hey, is it my turn? It is. Great. So before I get into what's new with me, I have to ask Patrick. Can you at least give us a title of one song from your band? <laughs> <laughs> it's been killing me ever since you gave up on it. I, th- I really thought, I really thought the chicken balking would, would get you to sh- sing a little, but you don't have to sing. Just give me like one title that I can search and uh, find out about this trivium. Did I say yes, that right? Yes, it is trivium. It yes. is trivium. Because honestly, yes. I, I've never heard of them, and I, I am intrigued. I like me a little. You know, heavy metal, headbanging music from time to time. Get those juices flowing while I'm washing dishes or driving. Well, the the songs that I have are not the heaviest of it. It's easy, easy like intro to get into, to get your feet wet with them. Uh, one of them is uh, "Silence in the Snow," and the other one is "A Gray So Dark." Okay. So those are the two, two ones. Yeah, check them out. Cool. I will. Now this is your last chance. You sure you don't want to sing one? I'm good. Like, silence in the snow. No? Okay. It's, pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. It sounds just like it, right? So, exactly. guys, uh, it's official. I have left the promised land of a thousand cereals, cheap electronics, and my friends and family back in the U.S. of A. 
And now I'm officially back in Brazil, the other promised land of only five cereals, some overpriced electronics, <laughs> but just as many friends and some unofficially adopted family. Uh, it's great to be back. Um, in fact, at the, <laughs> when I was trying to travel back, I was supposed to be back yesterday, but I unfortunately hit a few wrinkles and I was delayed a, an entire day, much to the chagrin of my wife and kids. They were not happy about it, nor was I. Um, I was ready to get home. As much as I love the U.S., I missed my I missed my family. I missed my bed. Um, all those good things. So, uh, I uh, I had left Columbus, and our plane had been delayed about an hour and a half. So we were going to land in Toronto, and I was going to have about thirty minutes to get through customs. Uh, and then all of a sudden, instead of landing, our pilot said, "Hey, there's a." Actually, he said it more like, uh, "Excuse me, folks, we're experiencing a little." Uh, low visibility and uh, Toronto uh, crew is not allowing us to land at this moment. We're just going to circle for the next 15 minutes. Then 15 minutes passed and he said, uh, we're going to circle another 15 minutes. I'll update you as soon as I can. <laughs> and then we circled Jeez. another 45 minutes and he was like, uh, folks, due to a lack of fuel, uh, we're going to be landing in Cleveland. And I'm like, Cleveland? In Canada? <laughs> Cleveland, <laughs> Canada? You're, you're serious? And so we landed in Cleveland, and I, I stayed the night in Cleveland. I went to a Doubletree Hotel, a little, little Doubletree Marriott or something like that, and uh, stayed the night there. Uh, I did actually have a chance to meet and assist a pregnant Brazilian lady named Natalia. She, she was also going to be traveling to Brazil, and she was not happy about the situation. But fortunately, I was not shy and I recognized that she was going to Brazil and I offered to help her. You know, I carried her bags. We went to the same uh, hotel and we at least were able to, you know, just kind of talk about our frustration and uh, look forward to actually getting to Brazil eventually. So it was nice. Uh, nice. Before, before all this drama, I did get to have some quality time with my friends and family in almost heaven, West Virginia. It was great. Um, I got to spend quality time with my dad, my mom, sister, and uh, her daughter, my niece, Emma. Uh, I did also uh, buy and play an NES Classic, which was... Nice. Which was so fun. Um, it's been a while since I've played the NES, and it's been an even longer time since I've played NES with my mom and sister. I don't know if you guys were able to hop on to Facebook or if you had seen some of the videos I posted, but my sister and mom are crazy when they play video games. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I mean, they were like hooping and a hollering, and I recorded all of it. Like, I immediately, after five minutes of watching them play, I'm like, I got to use this Facebook Live and I got to share this with the world. So I think I recorded them for like an hour, and they did not disappoint. They were, they were crazy. I don't know if you guys really get into when you guys play video games, if you move around and uh, talk to the game or whatever. I don't really. Uh, maybe when I was little, I moved some stuff around. But now when I play, I just sit back, relax, and uh, just enjoy it. But my my mom especially does not know how to do that. She has to move her hands around. She has to jump with the character. She has to yell at everything and get super scared as if she is physically <laughs> Like, like as if she is actually Mario and those little mushroom men, the Goombas are coming to eat her or whatever they do to hurt you. 
Uh, it was, oh, that'd be terrifying. That would be if it were real life, but I mean, it's eight bits, man. It's not that. <laughs> it's not that stressful. Uh, actually, my wife actually she gets very stressed out about video games, so she can't watch us play very much. I played with um, the kids this evening, and she was just looking at her phone, and she would kind of look up, and then she would just look back at her phone because she gets stressed out just as much as my mom. I think sometimes. Um, speaking of gaming, uh, our friend John. Or at Sir John Eleven asked, "What in gaming is different in Brazil than in the U.S.?" And given I'm the only person who has played games on both sides of the pond, I'm probably the only one that's going to be able to answer this question. Uh, you, yeah. you guys are welcome to make a guess how you think it's different. So, anybody have any thoughts or guesses how it's different? Uh, is the gaming in Portuguese? Sometimes it is. Yes. The controllers are completely backwards. They're actually upside down. You uh, move mm. the joystick with your right hand, and uh, you press the buttons with your left hand. No, it's <laughs> it's all, it's ev- all the Southern Hemisphere countries. We do everything upside down. So, uh, yeah. Any Is, other? Are your TVs upside down? Uh, yeah, but the picture it like moves like on an iPhone. Also, no. However, you rotate it, it's still going to be upright. Exactly. It's really high tech. Okay, no, none of that. So do your TVs rotate like that? <laughs> no. Oh, man, I can't, I can't keep going with that. None of that's real. So, John, <laughs> to answer your question seriously, uh, gaming isn't a whole lot different. I would say that, that gaming as a whole is, is really kept in Brazil to young people. Uh, a lot of older people here are a little more traditional, and they kind of see gaming as for kids and children. Um, I would say in the U.S. it's a lot more accepted. There's a lot more adults. There are a lot more adults that play video games. So in terms of culturally speaking, I think in the U.S. you're going to have a lot more camaraderie, a lot more, you know, getting families together. Maybe thanks in part to the Wii, you know, uh, in the U.S. Here in Brazil, the Wii was never a good option because it's so expensive. And that's one thing that's different also is that gaming is so expensive here. However much it costs in the U.S., you can double or triple the price and that's how much it's going to cost to buy here in Brazil. So uh, there's a lot more pirating that happens than in the U.S. And there's a lot more importing uh, through uh, flights that, you know, as I've discussed before, people fly to the U.S. just to buy electronics and video game consoles and that kind of stuff. So there's those are just a couple of the differences. Other than that, you know, people, people enjoy multiplayer Gamers enjoy playing together and talking about the stories and that kind of stuff, the news, as are, it were. Are those the pirates that come to the U.S. ports and steal all the stuff and take it back to Brazil? Like those kind of pirates? Not exactly, but I have I have met a couple that have eye patches, so there mm. there might be a they might be cousins in the pirate legitimate in the pirate world. So for the rest of my time in the U.S. <laughs> I continue to connect with churches, share with ministry leaders about you know my mission uh, in and out of Brazil. I enjoyed some more of my favorite foods and restaurants. Uh, I love me some good old American food sometimes. My my mom makes a mean ham loaf. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced the joys of a sweet ha. glazed ham loaf, but mm, it's so good, so very good. <laughs> ham loaf, I get it. Ironic, isn't it? My middle, yeah. middle name, Ham. <laughs> One of my favorite foods, Ham Loaf. Um, 
And of course, when I went to every restaurant, regardless if I wanted it or not, I got me a free water because that does not exist down here in Brazil. You cannot get a free glass of good old fashioned tap water in Brazil. You, really? You have to pay for all of it. So when I go to the U.S., I'm like, give me some of that fresh, fresh tap water. I can't wait to drink some. <laughs> um, beyond that, I stocked up, of course, on cereals like Lucky Charms and Cocoa Pebbles. I got some candy like hot tamales and Twizzlers, sauces, Sweet Baby Ray's and Frank's Hot Sauce. And, of course, Christmas presents, birthday presents, and all that good stuff. Uh, also, I reconnected with some of my high school buddies. Um, and one of them, on the last day I was, well, what was supposed to be my last full day in the U.S., uh, my friend Tom had triplets. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. So to give you a quick background uh, story of this, um, many, many months ago, my friend Tom, he was my best friend in high school, he, he and his wife already have a daughter, and they decided they want to have another one, another child. And they had tried for about a year, year and a half, and they nothing happened. And so they're both nurses. They're involved with a hospital in the area. And they thought, you know, let's, let's try the hormone treatment and just see if that helps. We'll just do it one time. If it doesn't work, then we'll move on. And we'll just say, then God doesn't want us to have kids. So they did it, and that's all it took, man, one time. And he found out he was having triplets. And I'm pretty sure he had a nervous breakdown the first time he found out. <laughs> uh, he called his mom, and he cried. And then I think a few days later, he called me, and he screamed and yelled. <laughs> he was he was just like, I had a plan. And God said, ha, 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 the plan is ruined. Here come three more children. And so... Uh, you know, when I found that out months ago, I was just like, dude, that is so crazy that happened, but what a blessing. Um, God's letting this happen for a reason. And so, uh, when I found out the due date and then I found out I was going to the U S I told my friend, I was like, Tom, wouldn't it be so awesome if I were in West Virginia when you had these kids? And he's like, well, that would be a little early, but if it happens, okay. And tell you what, he wrote me Sunday afternoon and was like, uh, it looks like we're going to be having these kids. And I'm just like, yes, I get to be here. Um, when I had my first child, uh, my friend Tom, he was at the hospital. And he's he slept in the waiting room until we had our kid. And it took us like, well, I say us. I use that term very loosely. It took my <laughs> wife uh, from the time her water broke until she had my first first child, Natasha, it took about 14 hours, I think. And it was a long, I mean, not the longest time, but it was definitely a long time. And, and my friend Tom was there the whole time. So I always wanted to repay the favor. And when he had his first daughter, I was in Brazil. But this time when I found out he was having those triplets, I dropped everything. And I went over to that hospital and saw him, saw some of his family and got to see those three beautiful girls. And uh, nice. it, it was awesome news to hear. And it was awesome to be a part of it. Awesome. So, with that being said, uh, I actually want to roll into our topic. Does that sound good to you guys? Let's do it. Sounds great. Go for it. Let's do it. As I was looking at those three beautiful girls, those little preemie babies, 
I was thinking about how blessed they were and how in our day and age, when we were little, well, you know, when we were being born, I was actually a preemie. I was born a month early. Uh, situations like that, being born early, you know, being in those tough medical situations, um, they were really scary. But nowadays, you know, I don't, I think with all of our technological advancements and all the things that are happening or that have happened in the, even the last five to 10 years, um, a lot of people just go with it because they have, they have a lot more education. They have a lot more technology that helps with this kind of stuff. And I was also thinking about how these three little girls, they're never going to know a world without cell phones. They're never going to know a world without uh, Facebook or social media. And it just got me to thinking about, about us as, you know, older guys. And actually, I was talking with my dad during one of our, well, actually our only uh, Saturday morning breakfast we've had in quite a few years um, we were talking and I was sharing with him how, you know, my generation and maybe one generation or two after we're some of the last generations to be fully immersed in the age without cell phones, without some of these current technologies that we've just grown used to. And yet at the same time, we've also fully experienced life with them as well. So it got me to thinking about technology and, and also my childhood where I remember some of the technological advances that happened uh, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, and they were like truly mind-blowing. And in the process of reminiscing on some of my experiences, I got almost technologically nostalgic. I don't know if I can say that, but I got technologically nostalgic for the past. Have you guys ever been there before? Absolutely. So, but you know, so since we're all around the same age or within 10 years of each other, I think, Mark, I think you're the baby in the room. Uh, I think you... Yeah, I guess I am the baby. You're... You're around 29, 30, right? I'm 30, yeah. Yeah, so we're all... Oh, I'm, I'm also 30, so... Yeah. Could be a... Oh, that's right. Oh, fight for it. <laughs> yeah. Who's the baby? No, but we're all within 10 years of each other. Uh, maybe considered a part of different generations, but I think we can all relate to this kind of technological nostalgia. So I thought it would be cool for us to talk about technology, maybe share how it's affected us over the years from childhood into adulthood, you know, our favorite and least favorite technological advances how it's made life easier, more difficult, all those kind of things. So, gentlemen, when did you realize technology was just awesome? And what are some of the first technological encounters or advances you remember as a kid or teenager? Now, to give you a moment to collect your thoughts, because maybe you didn't get a chance to think about this, um, super listener Chad, at Chad Fackler one wanted to share. So I know I'm old. This is what he says on Twitter. But my first car actually had an 8-track player in it, and my first PC used a cassette drive as well as a 5.25 floppy. What were your first media formats for music and data? And you can skip records, as we all probably had those in our house at the time. So share about any kind of technology. It can be data. It can be music. Uh, it can be anything. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, um, I actually had um, it was this old Apple computer. Uh, is an Apple IIe, which um, is basically, it came out in the 80s. It was uh, from the second series of personal computers that Apple came out with. I think it was before the Macintosh was introduced. And um, I think my I think my parents got it from like my mom's cousin or something like that. It was one of those, it's one of those old computers where the, the CRT screen was like, it's just black and green font. Oh, I totally remember um, that, yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, that, that was old school as all get out. And um, I played with that as much as I could. There were some big old floppy disk games and stuff that I could play with. Like, I think Pitfall and, was uh, one of those games. Math Munchers? Was there one called Math Munchers, I think? I did not have Math Munchers. And if I did, I think I would have burned it. Because anything to do what? with math is of the devil. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, I used to play with that all the time. Um, my my parents used to tell me all the time that like uh, if there was a button I could push, I would try to push it um, just to see what it would do. Because I enjoyed you know doing anything with technology and learning about different kinds of technology now when I was a kid that was learning the VCR and, and learning how to program that and of course the Apple IIe and all that kind of stuff and um, I think I had, um, I had I had a, a Walkman or two when I was a kid nice. so that was the, for me that was during the time of cassettes tape cassettes and stuff like that we didn't have records so much uh, my mom actually had a whole bunch of like Beatles records that I discovered and unfortunately destroyed. Uh, <laughs> so, ouch. Um, yeah, because I had fun with the record player trying to play it backwards and forwards and at extra speeds and all that kind of stuff, and that kind of ruins the uh, ruins the vinyl. So it does just a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was some of the earliest stuff. And I remember I had like this old karaoke machine that I would, uh, and it had a double tape deck on it and I would um, you know turn the radio on um, and this is the old school way you know I would I would record uh, songs from the radio um, uh, I remember doing that and, too and, yeah <laughs> and uh, and then listen back to them and I did all sorts of stuff like doing like overdubbing and stuff with the double tape deck and I would record myself like doing you know, like pretending I was a DJ and that kind of stuff. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Marky Mark the DJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally didn't call myself that, but, you, you know. You should have. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll go back and tell, like, eight, nine-year-old me that I should have done that. But Just take the tartar. Um, take the tartarus back. You can find it. <sighs> it makes me sad every time you say that. But anyway... <laughs> But yeah, those were my, my biggest ways of, of, of sort of taking in media, whether it be by music um, or, or data like the computer and stuff like that. And then I had the VCR, of course, which, you know, um, you could like record stuff off the TV with the VCR and all that kind of stuff. Um, but anytime I could try to experiment with technology, that was, that was a big thing uh, for me. So, uh Patrick, how about you? What uh, what type of stuff did you have here when you were a kid? Uh, the number one mind-blowing technological advancement was when your home phone, you know, the landlines that no one has anymore, how, uh, had call waiting. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. You know, when, Life when you're a kid... And you're trying to talk to your friends, your mom or your dad's like, hey, get off the phone because I'm expecting a call. Uh, so you could never really have a long conversation with anyone because you would get that busy signal. But once you got that call waiting, whew, didn't matter Absolutely. anymore. Man, I totally forgot about That's that. That's the one. Nice. Yeah, right? Because it's 
it's it's it's second nature now once you get a call it's like oh I got, i'm getting another call and everyone just it's part of nature now yeah. uh but yeah not back in the day man that was that was awful because having like one phone in one house and everyone had to share it yeah. so when you're a teenager and you have to share phones with two older brothers that are in the house and a younger sister it's like oh my gosh everyone's trying to vie for the phone so once we got call waiting that was actually a, a mind-blowing experience you know along with that uh along with that uh caller id man not only yeah. not only call waiting but but when you could have call waiting and you could see who was calling and you could be like oh, i don't want to talk to that person or <laughs> you could say hey mom uh some this somebody's trying to call you like you could just tell them or you could just totally ignore a phone call you know along with that being able to identify who was calling you i thought that was mind-blowing for me yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I remember when I was a kid, uh, the biggest thing for me that was so cool was discovering the whole, like, conference call feature, like the party line kind of thing. I don't know if you guys ever had that. Yeah, DJ uh, Marky Mark. Could, like... DJ Marky Mark with his party line. <laughs> oh, yeah. All day, all night. Um, but, yeah, just the fact that you could have multiple people in the same phone conversation. Now, granted, I guess... That costs extra money. Yeah, it did. I, I never I had found... that. I never knew that. I never knew that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my parents got mad because I was racking up the phone bill doing that. So nice. But I still thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, and here we are today on a Google Hangout across the world from each other, doing pretty much the same thing. But for sure. Um, yeah. Ronnie, how about you, buddy? You know, when I when I knew we were going to talk about this, I was thinking back at like what technology stood out to me as a kid. Um, the first thing that I thought of, and this is it's kind of a bizarre one, and surprised that I'm actually going to go with like a video game here, is uh, the 2D game Tanks on the computer. Mm, Do you guys right. ever play that? So me and my cousins used to play that like nonstop all the time. I actually downloaded it like a, a year ago on my phone, and it's like the same exact 2D crappy tank game. Um, another one that really stuck out, um, kind of going back to the phones, is when you didn't have to use your phone line for the internet anymore. Yes! So tying, up, oh, tying yeah. up that phone line was the absolute worst to pick up and try to call somebody, and somebody else in your family's on the computer. Like, oh man, it's the worst sound ever that you get in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminds me of uh, Dumb and Dumber. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? I think it's exactly right. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, so that was that was awesome. Nice. Well, yeah, I remember when I was a when when I was a kid. Um, it used to drive me up a wall. Um, I would always try to call my best friend who was like down the street from me. You know, I'd try to call, and his parents were like constantly on the internet. And so every time I try to get a hold of him, see if I could like come over or whatever, the, the line would be busy all the time. And I finally just ended up taking my bike and going over to the house. I'm like, I don't care if they, if they tell me no. I just need to know an answer. Can I come over or not? <laughs> you had to do some smoke signals. Pigeon. Yeah, carrier pigeon or smoke yeah. signals. Well, you know, that was for me, you guys bring up the internet. That for me is, was one of the, the technological advances that blew my mind mind I, I just remember I still remember first connecting to AOL and hearing that welcome you've got mail 
like just hearing that AOL voice. Did you guys have AOL? I yes, did. I did. I mean, who didn't have AOL? I remember like for years thinking the only way to connect to the internet was through AOL. When people would tell me they used Internet Explorer, I'm like, oh, that's like, that's like black market stuff. You're supposed to go through AOL. I remember thinking that when I was a kid. Like I was just so, I was so dedicated to AOL. And I remember in in using AOL. I remember when I first discovered chat rooms. Did you guys ever? Oh, did you guys yeah, ever go to Messenger, sports? man? Instant Messenger. No, not, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about Instant Messenger. That's the newer stuff. I'm talking about chat rooms, like where you would find a room for young and beautiful men for example or young and beautiful women like you go into a chat room and there's just random people in there from all over the united oh, yeah. states did you guys do that because i did yeah i think they i think they started out with that and just regular aol and they kind of adapted that into aim right uh, right well, yeah but, but aim uh, aim was always directed at like a certain person like they used to just have like it was almost just like like special rooms that were based on, hey, if you like, if you like, I don't know, a certain TV show, or if you were looking like to go on a digital date with someone, like you'd go to these chat rooms and you could just be whoever you wanted to be. So I remember me and my buddies, we would go in these chat rooms and we'd be like, yeah, I'm 30 years old and I like to, I play basketball and I like, you know, I like walks on the beach and all this stuff. And you're like, you're like trying to talk to girls or who you think is a girl, you know, for all we know, it's just a bunch of guys talking to each other, acting like <laughs> some acting like they were like older men. They were some acting guys. like the girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was so crazy. And you would just go in there and you just make up your own story. And I just remember doing that. Now, do you guys remember what was your first, uh, what was your first AOL or AIM name? See, the funny thing is, like, I didn't have AOL at first. I actually started uh, with uh, with CompuServe, if you ever heard of I that. I remember hearing about them uh, back in the day. One of those fake, yeah. one of those fake people, the black market. Fake news. Fake. There was fake only news. AOL. Fake news. Um, yeah, we had a we had CompuServe. I remember my dad. Um, my dad had bought this um, this desktop computer, I think, from uh, Circuit City, which. That should take you back to rest in peace. Uh, rest in peace, Circuit yeah. City. Yeah, I think he, I think he bought bought it from Circuit City or, or something like, or maybe it was Walmart. I don't remember, but um, but he he bought the thing and he got so many rebates on the thing because he didn't want to pay like a whole bunch of money for a computer. And I think it was like a, I don't know, seven eight hundred dollar computer, and he only ended up paying like a hundred dollars. I will give you one dollar for this computer. <laughs> But so, yeah, he got so much money back in rebates. That was the only way he was gonna he was gonna buy it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we got that we got that computer, and it came with um, you know a, a, a subscription to CompuServe. And I don't know if I want to share my first screen name. Ah, uh, come on! If if it's inappropriate for children, Marky just, Mark, we can tell them to uh, fast forward thirty seconds. It's not inappropriate for children. All right, then it's come just on. Just embarrassing. Nah, that's that's what but, this is all about, my friend. Uh, Transparency. Okay. That's right. So, so basically, and I'm gonna get lambasted for this yeah. for the entirety of this podcast. <laughs> I can't wait. Tartarus. Um, so, never been. No, it was not. <laughs> it was not. The suspense is building. Is Senior Tartarus. Uh, no, no, Captain it was not that. Tartarus. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. I'm listening. Okay. So, in order for this 
screen name to make sense to you at all, I kind of have to give some backstory. Um, of course basically, you do. <laughs> when I was when I was born, uh, I was born very tiny. I think I was like six pounds um, or something like that. Me too, brother. Um, Premies for life. Yeah. Um, and and so my dad used to call me Munchkin when he was when I was a kid, um, and my big thing like I always wanted to have. Um, like burgers, like cheeseburgers all the time. Like whenever I wanted something to eat, I wanted a burger all the time. So he kind of combined the two things and he would call me Munchka Burger. And, uh, and so my first screen name, which I did not choose, he made, um, was Munch One Burger. <laughs> Why not two burgers uh, or three? Munch three burgers. <laughs> well, I probably told him. Probably told him you need to have a number here, so he just hit one. But munch one burger. Yeah. All right. Munch one burger. Nice. All right. How about the rest of you guys? I thought when you said I was born tiny, I was like, oh my god, it's Tiny Dancer. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not singing that right. It's it's hard because young Tony Danza. <laughs> oh, well, pardon me. Oh, wait. So what about the rest of you guys? Did you have early screen names you want to share? Yeah, I used to use I I used to use Maverick. I was like big into Top Gun like nice. when I was a kid. Nice. And I used that basically all throughout throughout all of my childhood that was like my gamer id when we played anything nice nice yeah so mine was uh kid novi and the reason why that was i was kid novi is my older older brother his nickname was novi and it was around when kid rock was like huge uh, <laughs> oh, he, yeah. so i awesome. kind of like put those together so i was kid novi i was thinking that my name is kid <laughs> I, th- I was thinking that sounded like a good wrestler name like here comes Kid Novi. Oh, Pile drives him. <laughs> comes off the turnbuckle with the Hurricanrana. Well, well, ironically enough, my very first screen name was Mr. Ham. Uh, I was the ripe old age of 11. This was probably 1993 or 92. No, actually, I yeah, I was around 11. And it was Mr. Ham, but where my name got interesting was the inappropriate numbers that I put after it, which I will not explain, just in case we have children listening. But it was Mr. Ham 6933, and that is all I will say. So, moving on. <laughs> was it Mr. Ham because you were trying to look like you were 30 years old? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Threw the Mr. And, uh, in front of and of course, I put the inappropriate numbers because only adults would use inappropriate numbers as a screen name. That's exactly That's right. That's exactly right. So... Wait, hold on. You were 11? Man. <laughs> I was 11 or 12. Totally. Yeah. That was, uh, that's why they should not allow uh, 11 and 12-year-olds to have their own screen names. So. <laughs> I think we're way past that yeah, now. Yeah, we really I are. I can imagine growing <laughs> up in the, day, in the day and age we are right now where anything is at the uh, oh, touch of your fingertips. I can't either, man. No way. It's crazy. So I, there were a couple more technological advances that I want to mention because they really like they were just so impactful in my life the the second one I want to bring up besides the internet I don't know if you guys remember the first time you got cable but I remember crystal clear the day what I had been doing that day and when my dad revealed the cable box 
Um, to that point, I had we had an old television, you know, that had the dials on the front that you clicked, like click, 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 oh, like yeah. the thirteen channels mm-hmm. or twelve, thirteen channels, however many there were. And the and the and the number U or the letter U on it. Yeah. Uh huh. That who knows? I still to this day I have no idea what the U channel was. Maybe it was like channel F. Good callback. <laughs> channel U. Uh, but I remember my family and I had just gotten back from the first time going to Disney World, and uh, when we got back, there was a there was like a towel or a sheet over top of our television. And I was like, "Why in the world did someone put a a bed sheet over our television?" Well, my dad pulled it off and was like, "Look, cable." It's like a magic show. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, uh, what's cable? And the heavens parted yeah. and the angels were singing. And I was like, what's cable? And he's like, we have 35 channels. And I'm like, what? 35 channels? And he started to go through all the channels. And there's just all these channels I'd never heard of before, like Nickelodeon, uh, Disney Channel. And my mind was blown. And I, I never looked back. I remember years later, after the cable box, my dad got a satellite. Now, I'm not talking like Dish Network, DirecTV satellite. I'm talking like full-on space satellite, the kind where you had to change the position of the satellite in order to watch different channels. So, like, there would be like seven or eight different positions you could put the satellite in. Did you guys ever have this or hear about this before? No. Oh, man, I'm about to, I'm about to blow your mind. So, before DirecTV and Dish Network... There were full-scale satellites that you could uh, install for your home viewing. And you pretty much had a satellite that you, on each angle that it would point, you would have like 10 to 15 channels. And you would have like Cinemax, you'd have HBO, you'd have Home and Garden, HGTV, like some of the ones that we still have today. Um, But in order to switch your different areas, you would have to press a button and you could hear the satellite going... And my friends and I, at like 13, 14 years old, we would change the position of the satellite and then run outside and just watch it move. And it was so cool. I felt like I lived at like NASA headquarters. Like it was the coolest thing in the world. And I was, I was, I didn't know anybody else that had that. So of course my friends would come over and just be like, let's move the satellite. And we would move the satellite. Then we would watch, you know, movies and shows and all that cartoons and all that fun stuff. I didn't even know that existed. That totally <laughs> existed, and but it, I did imagine when you were describing it, somebody like you running out into the rain and just cranking oh, this huge of course. satellite by hand to move positions. Exactly, and we would go to the satellite position all the way to the left, and then we would move it all the way to the right, and then just run outside and watch it. Like we would just watch it move, and we're like, "That is so cool!" And then after like an hour, somebody would be like, "Can we actually watch TV?" We're like, I guess and that's if we have to. And that's what they did for fun in West Virginia. That's right, buddy. <laughs> we really knew how to have fun in West Virginia. Now, the last one I want to mention is another that, again, blew my mind. And I don't know if you guys experienced this. I think all of us experienced VHS. Mm-hmm. And all of us have experienced DVD and Blu-ray, correct? Yes. Yes. Have you ever yes. experienced Laserdisc? No. I have heard fables of such a thing, but I have never actually seen Well, it. let me tell you, my friends, it was real. It was so mm. real. And I would say for at least, I would say at least for two years, it felt like more, but it was probably only about a year or two, my dad and I were religious 
uh, no, we were not religious. We religiously used Laserdisc. Like we rented Laserdisc. And let me tell you, when you rent Laserdisc, it cost like 50 bucks back in the day to rent a Laserdisc. Oh my gosh. They were, and it, and it cost $100 to buy them. Like they were super expensive. Um, if you don't know what a Laserdisc is, it's pretty much a DVD on steroids. And it's the size of a record. Uh, but it's shiny. And you put it into this huge box called a Laserdisc player. And I mean, these Laserdisc players, it, it was like the in-between VHS and DVD. These Laserdisc players, they weighed at least 8, 9, 10 pounds. And the Laserdiscs themselves, they weighed about a pound and a half, if not two pounds. So they were huge. And I remember you know, watching movies on them, and they always had two sides because a Laserdisc, as big as they were, they could never fit the whole movie on one side. So halfway through the movie, all of a sudden the movie would stop, and it would say it was changing sides. And that, again, was uh, always, like, for some people, like my mom, it was the potty break time. She'd be like, okay, I'm going to the bathroom while it changes sides. Or someone would get a drink or more popcorn or something. But I remember when I was younger, my dad would be like, did you know that the disc is actually shrinking and they're flipping it within the disc player? And I'm ashamed to say for the first five minutes he told me that I actually believed him. <laughs> because I was that kid that believed almost anything. And then immediately I was like, wait, five minutes later. Immediately five minutes later. I was like, that's not true. And for a few years after that, I still had doubts. But but that was a technological advance that a lot of people didn't get to experience. But I did. and it was, And it was definitely a crazy thing. So now that we're in the present... Uh, I wanted to ask you a question, a question that came for our listener and friend, Gabriel, at Gabe Pavon. He wants to know, if you guys could bring back one technology from your childhood to use today, even if it would be outdated, but mainly for nostalgia purposes, what would it be and why? Zach Morris phone. Uh, nice. I would want to bring that back. <laughs> oh, it has, man. Zach it does not fit phone. in your pocket. It's it's so big, it's so but huge. man, I've always wanted one, and I never had one, it's and huge. I would just love to have that. The Zach Morris phone, that's hilarious. It is not useful in any sense, but I would <laughs> still love to have it. Not at all. <laughs> Mine is on the same topic of phones, but I went with the Nextel push-button walkie-talkie style phone. Okay. Where you could just nice. instantly connect to like your buddies. I thought that yeah. was like the coolest thing when I was younger. That is cool. About you, Mark. Actually, when I was a kid, um, the one thing that I wanted, I actually never had when I was a kid, but I saw uh, Home Alone 2. And uh, the the one thing that I wanted that I wish I could have now, even though it's totally outdated, is that Talk Boy thing that he oh, has. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I would love to have one of those simply for nostalgia reasons and, and the fact that, like, you know, you could manipulate your, your voice. And I know they had kind of like, you know, those little yak back toys uh, when we were kids. Kind of similar to that, but like you could manipulate your voice and, and obviously record stuff. And you, this is Peter McAllister, the father. <laughs> um, and, and that kind of stuff. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, those are really awesome. I always wanted to have one of those. I actually never uh, had one, but they were really cool. Um, I'd say for me... It would have to be, uh, man, it would have to be, it would have to be those little portable TVs. Um, 
I don't know if you guys ever had those little portable TVs that used an antenna that you could like, you had channels and stuff. It was like an old school TV, uh, except it was hand size. Yes. Uh, was it one of those with the, um, the, the dial, not really a dial, but like a yeah. little scroll on the on the right yeah. hand side. It was like could... a TV radio or something like just, <laughs> yeah, I remember having one of those and it was, it was, it wasn't. It was like how how big was it? Like three oh, inches? Oh yeah, but like no, it was the, no bigger the than thing three or was four like inches. Huge. Yeah, the body of it was huge, kind of like the Zach Morris phone, but it had this little screen. And I think it's just the the sheer delight of discovering something. You have no idea what you're gonna see, what what channel, as it were, what channel you're gonna run into. Like nowadays, we can DVR everything. We can look up, you know, TV guide isn't a thing, but we can look up on the internet what's coming up, or we can just choose to watch whatever we want. There's no discovery when it comes to watching TV anymore. So like to have one of those again, and what's cool is it's portable. So like, I remember being at camp and, uh, just having one of those for whatever reason, I just decided to bring it one camp and we weren't supposed to bring that stuff, but you know, we brought it anyways. And late at night, we would all just gather around this little three inch screen and we would just watch whatever came on. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> like crazy stuff. It was just like, sometimes it was sports. Sometimes it was soap operas. Sometimes it was news. Uh, sometimes it was reruns of like Cheers or something, you know, real old like Nick at Night yeah, stuff, just, you know. So just being able to watch it was that just exciting. Yeah, in itself. Yeah. yeah, just the discovery of it. So it was cool. Good question, Gabriel. Thanks for, thanks for. Yes, thank you very thanks much. Thanks for that. So uh, I think we none of us can deny that technology has impacted our lives, um, but we could, we could argue the fact that sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative. So uh, I want you guys to, to share what are what are some of the technologies and advancements uh, from childhood when you were an adolescent into adulthood that you think have positively and negatively impacted your life. Um, we can focus on different areas if you like, maybe to help kind of keep it more focused. Uh, for example, in your day-to-day -day life, what kind of technologies do you think have positively, positively or negatively impacted you or impacted society in general. We can go big on this one, and and talk about things we've observed in society. Yeah, I'll go. Ahead, I'll go ahead and start. I think um, I think one of the major things, and, and probably every everybody would say the same, but just the cell phone in general. I mean, basically the cell phone. No matter where you're at, whether you're at work, wherever. I mean, you can be constantly connected to everybody. You know, that could be your friends, your family. Um, just having that constant connection is, I mean, it, it does have positives and negatives, both like, I guess on both ends of the spectrum, For sure. you're sitting on yourself, you're sitting on yourself at work, not getting any work done, but you're also connecting with your family, your friends. So there's a positive on that as well. Yeah. I think, I think in a lot of ways, the, the phone has definitely been an advancement that's helped a lot of people, you know, it's, it's. You know, not just a phone, it's your calendar, it's your way of accessing information, like through the internet, it's your way of of just doing all sorts of different things in your day-to-day -day life, and it certainly helps, like this is even, my phone's even my, my alarm to wake up in the morning, um, and, and so it's basically become this huge multi-purpose tool that, that helps us to, to basically get through the day. And, and, and in the same way, as much as it's a blessing, it's also a curse. Um, because I think in a lot of ways, you know, us, we've, we know what it's like to not have a cell phone. So we can still 
interact and, and have that kind of face-to-face conversation that I think a lot of kids today, you know, they're down in their phone. Um, and uh, it, it's harder and harder for, for people to have interactions face-to-face because we're so glued to to these phones and, and what they do for us. And, and plus, uh, the another big blessing and also a curse is, <clears throat> excuse me, is the... Uh, is the rise of social media um, you know it's a way of keeping everybody connected you know it's you know Facebook I use to to keep in touch with people that are not close to me at all um, you know they're a far distance away but I can still keep connected to their life and see what they're up to but at the same time like everybody's got an opinion and everybody is just so negative in terms of social media and and people's opinions and their negative reactions are constantly in your face and I think that really drives up um, just the negative um, emotions of our society as a whole and so you know there have been plenty of points where I've kinda wanted to delete social media um, just because you know I just get tired of people being so negative and so cynical just right off the bat there's no there's no benefit of the doubt there's no let's start at the baseline of, of civility it's just we're all gonna be trolls and and so I think that's something that's really affected our society but at the same time I try to look at the positives the way that you know we're able to keep connected and also use it as a means to market ourselves I mean we certainly do that as a podcast we we're using <laughs> we're using technology right now um, to be Crazy. able to put ourselves out there yeah it's mind blowing. Um, I mean, we use social media to to plug our podcast. Uh, you know, where we've got things in motion to where you can constantly keep connected to us. And so, I think I think there's awesome things about it, but there's also some dark sides to it. Yeah, I had thought about that also. You know, just that idea that we can share life with each other. I mean, there's 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 never been a day and age where you can be with connected with what everybody's doing. You know, if they post it, if they post a picture, you can see it, you can talk about it. You know, you talk about the negative side, but I think even on the positive side, you know, you know, there's a lot of trolls and there's a lot of negative people giving their opinions, being negative in terms of politics and the condition of the world. But at the same time, there's a lot of people sharing like their vacations and sharing, you know, all kinds of things that mm-hmm. are, that are positive. There's also things that are meaningless, like, like there are people that just share random stuff that they see and think. And sometimes it could be, I know for me, I have a, I have a hard time just with the sheer amount of information that's out there. I just can't keep up with everybody's business. You know, there's a lot of people that I care about and then I want to connect with, but I just can't keep up with it. Like I can't do my job. I can't, you know, keep connected with my family on a personal level. I can't, you know, you know, keep connected with entertainment and stuff and also keep connected with what every single person's doing, everything they post. I just can't see it all. So sometimes I have to disconnect just to quit, like taking in so much input as Johnny five would say, like there's just too much input sometimes. So I think that's, that's a negative thing, regardless of if it's positive or negative, it's just so much information. And sometimes I just want to, I just want to find out information face to face with someone. I don't want to always find out through Facebook about momentous occasions in their life. I don't want to read about it. I want to kind of feel their emotion, hear them talk about it, you know, get connected. I think that's part of the reason I like podcasts so much because you get a little more of that 
emotion involved. You're not just reading uh, what someone feels about politics or, or how great their life is or anything like that. I really, I, I really don't want to get to a point where I'm like, well, I read it on Facebook, so I don't have to ask somebody personally about stuff. I can just rely on Facebook to find out my information. You know, I don't want it to replace my personal connection with people. So that's kind of a negative side of the social media that I see. Sure, absolutely. Patrick, what are you thinking about it? Well, for me, um, going back to what you said about about podcasts. So me, I love heavy metal music. And what I used to do when I was driving to work is I would listen to this heavy metal music. And heavy metal music gets, you know, gets my adrenaline up, gets my blood pressure up, but it also makes me kind of angry. Um, it, uh, whenever traffic hit, it would make me, make me uh, upset, mad uh, that uh, I wasn't getting to work uh, in a timely manner. All these, all these drivers out here are getting in my way. And um, it was about, I don't know, six six years ago, I started listening to podcasts and podcasts, um, have really, and I, I was, I was listening to podcasts that interested me. It was uh, video games and sports. And when I started to listen to these podcasts, uh, on my way to work, instead of listening to this heavy metal music, um, I kind of, I got I, my, uh, my blood pressure was back down. It didn't make me uh, upset anymore. When I was getting to, when I was on my way to work, I was listening to, the newest video games or a review of a video game or what's going on in the sports world, how the Reds are doing, how the Bengals are doing or how the NFL is doing. And, uh, and when I was, when I was in my car, I didn't care about traffic anymore. I, I didn't care. I didn't care that I wasn't getting to, to work in a timely manner. I didn't really care that the, uh, there was cars on the road because I was listening to something that I was very, very interested in. Uh, there was, there was stories, there were stories in there there were um you know the video games and all that but it was i i kind of wanted there there to be there to be traffic so i could listen to more of this podcast um so since i've been doing that for six years i i i kind of fell out of a lot of music um i i've i've listened i found more podcasts to listen to um whether i'm at home or in my car uh because uh, just listening to people talk about stuff that i'm very very interested in um has really calmed my nerves has really uh, uh, lowered my temper and how mm. temperamental I get. Uh, so, um, so I started listening to these podcasts, and and then I then I you know I, I started listening to this Married to the Games podcast, and that's pretty much that's how we we met. You know, Lucas, Mark, and I. That's how yep. we met uh, is through is through a podcast, and we mm-hmm. wouldn't be doing what we are doing right now if it wasn't for all three of us listening to this podcast. Um, so it's really, it's really cool how, how something that as little as that, where I switched from listening to music to listening to a podcast led to us to this day today. Um, so where, to where we're just talking about podcasts, where we're talking about what we love and what we, what we enjoy talking about our childhood. It's really, really cool. Um, how, how all that worked. And it's a very, very positive impact on my life. Um, with podcasts. So it's very cool for me, to me, uh, going from listening to podcasts, to actually doing podcasts in the meantime. So it's really, really cool. That's great, man. I, uh, I've, I've had the similar experience for sure. I, I can't tell you how many times I dreaded doing the dishes when I was first living on my own. And when I first got married, you know, I made the deal with my wife. Okay, if you cook, I'm going to clean. Uh, but when I discovered podcasts too, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, yep, I wash the dishes. I'm on it. 
And when I, you know, you know it takes the pain yeah, away. Yeah, it just makes it. And my wife makes fun of me sometimes. She's like, can't you just work in silence? And I'm like, no, I don't want to. Because <laughs> if I like, if you know, if I work in silence, sometimes it just makes it go slower. You know, sometimes I like to pray while I'm doing other things. But even when I'm praying, sometimes I'm trying so hard to focus on what I'm saying and like focusing on God that it actually becomes dangerous with podcasts. I can just listen and I can absorb the information and, you know, it's, it's like, like Patrick said, it can be almost soothing. It can be a way of escapism, but at the same time, you're like, you're connecting with someone. You're not just escaping. You're, you're kind of making better use of your time. I think with podcasts, I still appreciate music of course, but, um, yeah. Anybody have anything else that anything that's impacted that you want to share? Uh, I can't really think of anything. Else. I just I want to give a quick shout out to Central Air. I think that's a wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> now that I've lived, yes. now that I've lived yes. in a country where Central Air, Central Air, Central Air is not uh, a thing. That some banks and malls and big big businesses have Central Air, but there are no homes with Central Air, no homes with insulation. Uh, so I greatly appreciate that technology and the ability to control the temperature within your house. Um, now I have windows and that's about the only way I can control the temperature. I also have fans which help circulate the air, but really if it's hot, fans just blow around hot air and that's not really that great. It's not, not that much better than hot air not moving. So, uh, shout out to central air. I miss you for sure. And, and I got one thing I want to add before we get off here. We got a late, uh, question in, uh, on Twitter this week. Um, and it is for it is from at Quest for Pixels. Yeah, and they are asking a sports question. Actually, this might be our first sports question popping in here. Um, says, should the Cowboys have gone for it on fourth down? Yes, I agree. Yes, yes, they should have. It was fourth and one, and if you can't get one yard, then you deserve to lose the game. True that. All right, you play to win, not to lose. Well, I'll, I watched the game on Sunday night, and it was so. I'm gonna let the give you the uh, scenario of this. So the it was the Cowboys versus the Texans. It was fourth and one, and they were on Houston's 42 yard line. So they're on the other side of the field. They only got 42 yards to a touchdown. So it's fourth and one. It's overtime, and their uh, their defense not doing too well uh, up to this point. I mean, they they had given up over 400 yards at the, at this point, um, and they were had the decision: do they punt it or do they go for it? So let's let's before we before we find out what they did. One week earlier, the head coach for the Dallas Cowboys says this after he went for it on fourth and one against the Detroit Lions. He said, when you have a belief in the guys up front and you hand the ball to number 21, who is Ezekiel Elliott, could be you know, arguably the, the best running back in the NFL, and you feel good about that, that's really where the decision-making starts. So he went for it on fourth and one. Now, I looked at a couple, more, a couple other stats. So the Cowboys... Under Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, the quarterback and the running back, since they've been together and they've gone for it on fourth and one, they have converted it 94.7% of the time. That is better than the point afters over the last two seasons for all of the NFL teams. 
at ninety <laughs> at ninety three point six percent. They're better on fourth and one than people than the kickers are to kick the extra point. That's how crazy that is. So their decision was, you know what? We're going to punt it. They punted it, and then Houston marches right down the field and scores, and they win. Dallas Cowboys lose because they didn't go for it on fourth and one. Stats said they should. The the uh, head coach did it the previous week. Didn't do it this time, and it cost him. Yep, got it. Got so it. yes, Based, he should have gone for it. Got it. Based upon all that information, and despite my ignorance, I'm going to say yes. They should have gone for it. <laughs> yeah, you got to have confidence in your boys at that point. Quest for Pixels Gaming, thank you at Quest for Pixels. Thank you for that sports question. Speaking of sports, thank you. I think that's another technological advancement that we are thankful for is just the ability to watch the game and also instant replay and the ability to, you know, make the right call just in case the referees screw up. Because I think we can all agree that referees, they have a hard job and sometimes they screw up. And so to have that right. to fall back on is a great technological advancement uh to wrap up our technological discussion i want to know guys is there any technology you can't live without pretty much been the smartphone for me um it helps it helps plan my day it helps coordinate basically my start of the day it helps me get in contact with people um it helps me pass the time um all that kind of stuff so yeah i would rather not go without my phone you know what? I would say the phone too, but since you already said that, I'm going to say my video game systems. Ooh, Boom! Yeah. yeah. I hear you. Um, that was my second choice. <laughs> I, I would definitely go with the phone. I am on my phone constantly. Like, I am completely, like, <laughs> I am completely a slave to my phone. I mean, as soon as it goes off, it's like, I got to check the message. Check so I'm, I'm, definitely, uh, I'm definitely on Team Mark. Well, I, uh, I lived a week without my cell phone in the Amazon, and it actually was very freeing to not be, uh, to, well, to be disconnected and to just enjoy what was going on around me. Um, on the other hand, the technology I can't live without is a washer and a dryer and a refrigerator. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, those are basic technologies that we truly take advantage of because I've had moments living in Brazil where I've not had a functioning washer and dryer and also moments in Brazil when I've not had a functioning refrigerator. And let me tell you, when you're living day to day and you can't keep food cold, uh, it's really tough. And when you have to wash your clothes by hand and then you have to wait for it to dry, um, yeah, I, I, there's not much more I have to say about it. When you experience it, you you truly understand that it's technology you can't live without. So for me, it would be those things. I mean, that does sound really bad, but I mean, what if you know, what if somebody messages you and you can't get your message, you know? They can, worse. they can find another way to get in contact with me if they really <laughs> want to talk to me. <laughs> so I, I, that's all I can say about that. So uh, we've, gotten, we've gotten to the end. Time for some good morning inspiration. You guys, uh, Mark maybe has some music. Uh, maybe we have some inspirational thoughts. I will say that I have a few dad jokes to share in the, yes. the, the technological department. So if you could... Lend me your ears. I just have a few to share with you. Hopefully you'll like them because I am I know that I did. So first one is this. Did you hear that Uncle Joe dropped a computer on his toe? He, no. He says it megahertz. Uh. <laughs> uh, my dad came into the living room once and he put his laptop on the radiator and said, 
Dang it. It's frozen again. Oh. <laughs> These are the best. No. Uh, uh, a man was at his doctor and he said, Hey, doctor, I need your help. I'm addicted to checking my Twitter. And the doctor said, I'm sorry. I don't follow. <laughs> New age doctor. That's, that's a good one. All right. Then the, nice. then the last one. Uh, my computer suddenly started belting out someone like you. It's Adele. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. good ones. <laughs> That's all I got, guys, for a little laugh. Nice. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, uh, give out my my musical suggestions for your good morning playlist. And just as a reminder, uh, we do have a good morning guys morning playlist on spotify so you can go ahead and search that out um, i'm always adding to it uh, each and every week so check that out and make that a part of your morning as well as the podcast um, but this week uh three songs that i have chosen for you to check out uh would be uh first of all i encourage you if you haven't listened to it to check out 21 pilots new albums called trench um, it's a great album uh, i listened to it uh, just fantastic. They do a great job. Those guys are actually from Columbus, by the way. Nice. Um, yeah. They're pretty popular um, down here in Brazil. Nice. Um, but uh, the song I'm actually going to recommend is one of their older songs. Um, it's a song called Ride. And it's just got this chill kind of reggae vibe to it. Um, and with some rock flavor as well. But it's I think it's a good start to the day kind of kind of thing uh so definitely check that out um also um i have i have sirius xm in my car um and and so uh recently they've kind of been doing this temporary thing where they've had a channel dedicated to billy joel and uh i've been listening to that and it's been uh it's been interesting to listen to uh, a lot of his commentaries on his songs and his inspiration for why he wrote songs the way he did but um, in any case, the, the next song I'm going to recommend um, is a classic from him. And I'm sure all our New York listeners will will love this. It's a song he wrote called uh, New York State of Mind. Um, it's just Billy Joel at his best. Um, he is a master of the piano. Um, and it's just a phenomenal song. Um, and uh, I, would, uh, I would definitely recommend it. And... Uh, the third song I'm going to recommend is from one of my favorite artists, uh, uh, current artists, I should say. Uh, it's a gentleman by the name of John Mayer. Um, he's an incredible, incredible musician. Um, and I think a real a good song to, to kind of be chill and, and get your, your morning started is a song off his album, Continuum. Um, it's a song called The Heart of Life. Um, it's a very, very, um, very chill, very broken down, simplified. Um, he's basically just, just got some, some nice, cool guitar, electric guitar, very little, uh, percussion or anything like that. And it's just recognizing that despite all the, the negativity and hardships that we may face in life, that life is still beautiful and it's still great to experience um she so says i know the heart of life is good so um those songs will be in the good morning playlist and i encourage you go check that out anybody else 
I just had one quick question to follow up. Uh, this is to Patrick. Is the Chevy Nova your favorite car only because of your last name or because you actually like the car? Mm, good question. It's a coincidence, but yes, it is because I like the car, not because of the name. But cool. that, that, I mean, that, that adds to it, right? It, it definitely does. Bonus! <laughs> coincidence. That's Joe incidence with a C. <laughs> there's no small coincidences there's no big coincidences there's just coincidences <laughs> true that alright well that's all for this morning again if you would like to communicate with us our friends and listeners and participate in the show by asking questions suggesting future nicknames or topics there are a number of ways to go beyond listening you're welcome to connect with us as a podcast on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter the Good Morning Guys, or at the GMG Podcast, and also personally at Nova Beyond on Twitter, at Ronnie Johannes on Twitter, at Music Eight Two Nine on Twitter, and I am at MTTG Brazil Team on Twitter. Also, Lucas Ham Swisher on Facebook, and Pastor Ham on Twitch, which I will be starting up again this coming week. That good old Twitch streaming. Beyond that, remember to subscribe and keep downloading our weekly podcast every Thursday or afternoon on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Oh, and Spotify, of course. Also, if you get a little moment to show some love, rate us on iTunes and maybe even write a little review. For some technological reason, it helps us connect with strangers and others seeking to connect uh, and make use of their time while they wash dishes and commute to work. Think of it like writing a pen pal, but digitally. All right. Oh, isn't that sweet? All right. <laughs> My podcasting brothers and sisters, listeners, friends, and family, go get your good morning this week. May God bless you. Guide your lives as you live, work, and game. Sayonara. See you next week. And make sure to spay and neuter your pets, especially those darn gerbils. One, two, three, four. I don't know what to do with that last one. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Why, why do you have to spay them? Do you, you don't want them to reproduce? They are but dirty little creatures. Do you ever have just like, just like in one cage? How do you do that? I mean, why would you do that? I I said to make sure you get them spayed and neutered. I didn't say I was going to spay and neuter them. I have no idea how you do that. It's good to know. I'm glad. I'm glad you have no experience in that that area. I'm gonna call my vet tomorrow. <laughs> I'm gonna call my vet tomorrow and be like, "Hey, like, hey, do I want to spay or neuter, I spay or neuter my gerbil. Those things are evil. Where do I do that? Show me where. You got a, you got a van right now. Is there a hotline? Uh, maybe YouTube. Maybe YouTube has a video.